a playlist original. Coming soon. 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 A playlist original. This is the Films at Home podcast, your source for everything home entertainment. Hey everyone, Jeff here from Films at Home. Thanks for coming back to the podcast today. Whether you're on YouTube watching along or you're on your favorite podcast app listening, I appreciate it. Now, as always, this is available in both audio format, but also on YouTube at Films at Home on my YouTube channel. So if you want the video version of these interviews and podcasts, you can get them there. And if you're on YouTube right now, if you want to just listen to something on your ride to work or on your commute, you can download the audio version as well, Spotify, Apple, wherever you find your podcasts. So in today's episode, we are interviewing Eric D. Wilkinson from MVD Entertainment. Eric is a pretty big name in home entertainment. He's been working in MVD for a while, and he has helped launch the MVD Rewind collection, which is a collection of sort of uh, forgotten, lost, not, not necessarily lost movies, but movies that you know maybe haven't gotten attention since the days of VHS or DVD. And he's, he's releasing them on Blu-ray with some really cool artwork that calls back to those you know video store days with some you know even stickers on the artwork and things like that it's a very cool label you may also know the mvd visual line they've put out a lot of different movies documentaries and music over the years and mvd entertainment is also the united states distributor for arrow video so if you've been to their website mvdshop.com you've probably seen some arrow video stuff there as well as all of the mvd stuff now eric is not only a home entertainment uh, producer but he is actually a writer and director himself. His biggest movie you guys probably might know is The Man from Earth. It's a great sci-fi movie, but he's also produced lots of other stuff that we'll talk about in the interview. Um, so he he's just, he loves movies. He's been around movies forever. He started working in a video store and then he just worked his way up through different companies to get to MVD. And, you know, he has his hands in a lot of different releases. He is doing acquisitions. He's buying the rights for movies. He has some really good insight into how all of that works in this home entertainment industry. And he's a collector himself, which is the best part. He's got over 10,000 movies in his collection. So he blows my collection away, a massive, massive collection of movies. And he's just a really cool guy to talk to. He knows everything about movies. He knows everything about home entertainment. Um, and he just has some really good insights. So I think you guys will enjoy the interview. So sit back, relax, enjoy the interview. And I will talk to you when we finish up. All right, everyone, here we are in our interview with Eric Wilkinson from MVD Home Entertainment. Um, and that's not all he does. I should say there's a, there's a lot more there. He's producer, writer, he's worked on movies and works in the home entertainment business, as well as music and physical media and home video and on demand. I mean, this guy does a whole bunch of stuff with with MVD and his own his own personal projects. So um, super excited to have him on the podcast today. And I appreciate him coming on. Uh, I know it's crazy busy when you work at some of these small uh independent labels and it can get crazy so i appreciate every every minute we get to spend with you and uh, of your time uh much appreciated so if you want to just give a, a quick introduction to the audience on who you are what you do some of your background so they can you know hear from the man himself rather than me uh, my uh, my name's eric d wilkinson that's my professional name Apparently on IMDb, there's like a bunch of Eric Wilkinsons in the uh, entertainment business. Uh, so I've never heard of them, but, uh, you know, 
I fell in love with movies as a kid, uh, specifically home video. You know, uh, lived at a video store, and uh, I made it my life's quest to work in the movie business in some fashion. Uh, I don't know. I've been fortunate that uh, my home video is my first love and, and will always be, you know, like my top priority. Um, <clears throat> I've been fortunate enough to produce a few movies, uh, but, you know, if given the choice between writing and producing a film or, or you know, uh, making a special edition of a, of a, a, a Blu-ray or a, a movie from the 70s, 80s, or 90s, you know, I picked mm -hmm. that. So, you know. I, and you're quite the uh, collector yourself, right? You, yeah. I know you've got, I think you've got a bigger collection than I have, if I remember right. At about 10,000 discs. Yeah. Uh, about, <laughs> it, at this point, it's about 50-50 between Blu-ray and, and DVD. Uh, 4K, I don't know. I think I'm in the, I have a couple hundred 4Ks, but, you know, uh, I don't know how you feel about 4K. I do love it. I, I don't find my, I, I don't see myself rebuying everything. Uh, mm -hmm. It's got to be a movie that's worth upgrading to 4K. You know, my, my favorite of all the formats, you know, you know, especially since the advent of DVD and Blu-ray is the Blu-ray 3D. I just, I don't know how you feel about that. I love that. I'm so sorry to see it sort of uh, peter out at this point, but, uh, you know, if, if given the choice between 4K or Blu-ray 3D, I would take Blu-ray 3D, but that's just me. That's interesting, because I know that there are some hardcore 3D collectors out there. I, I was one myself. I have a 3D TV. I've got yeah. the glasses. I, I have quite a few releases, but yeah, they've definitely like totally dropped off, um, yeah. which is why I find myself buying more 4K. But I mean, you're right. Not everything really. You know, Do you have to upgrade everything? Probably yeah. not. That's, that's kind of my whole thing so. on my channel. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I think it depends on the movie. You know what I mean? And right. also depends on the movie and the price. So, you know, yeah. uh, like, I don't know. I keep looking at Best Buy because uh, I live on Blu-ray.com and I'm like eyeing up uh, speed on 4K. And I'm like, if that mm -hmm. drops below 10 bucks, I'll buy it. You know, if it's cheap, I might upgrade. Or if the Blu-ray transfer, if you know, so some of those Blu-ray transfers are pretty crappy, especially the ones early on. You know, if I know yeah. it's a new, if it, obviously if it's a 4K and it's a new transfer, you know, I'll upgrade. But, you know, the middle of the road movies, the comedies, the dramas, I don't feel compelled to run out and upgrade them. But, you know, if they're five bucks, I'll, I'd upgrade a drama or a comedy. Yeah, no, that's definitely, I've seen some movies coming to 4K and I'm just like, why? <laughs> you know, what's, what's the point really? You know, I, I want... I want 2001 A Space Odyssey on 4K yeah. and I, you know, I want Jaws on 4K. It's my favorite movie. Um, but yeah, some of the ones that have been coming out. Yeah, recently, like The Godfather, I'm happy to rebuy on 4K. Yes. You know, it's something I revisit yeah. every so often. I want the the absolute best quality. You know, uh, that's something on 4K. Would I put Final Justice out on 4K? I would not. Right. And that's, that's something I actually, I talk about it a lot with collectors and they're so dead set on, like now that 4K is out, they're like, well, I only buy 4K. And I'm like, well, then you're going to miss 98% of the great stuff that's coming out because like, you you know, the MVD rewind label, huge, but it's going to be Blu-ray, right? Most likely. I mean, Most I don't likely, know if we're, are coming we're, to 4K. Uh, we're, uh, I'm working on several 4K releases. Uh, oh, cool. And uh, I don't know if they're going to be, I'm not going to rewind them. I'm going to keep the rewind stuff like this, but with 4K, the 4K releases, um, They'll have all the features, if if any of the titles. Actually, the titles that I'm announcing first aren't necessarily 
aren't titles that I've put out on Blu-ray already. Um, okay. But but uh, you know when we go back, and I'm gonna I might revisit some of the titles we put out uh, in the rewind collection on 4K. But I think I want the 4K packaging to be 4K packaging for those. I don't think they need fake stickers and 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 you know that beat up uh, you know <laughs> rental look on a 4K sure. uh, package. It's it's going to be a, a a little more traditional. But I am very uh, partial to original art and and I will always use you know either it's either a toss-up uh, between the theatrical or the home video art uh, you know I'm never I'm not one that tries to uh, reimagine something you know I like uh, I'm really into you know I like nostalgia and I like and I think other people and other collectors won't I think part of the uh, the reason why some people like the re—it's not the main reason, but I'm sure some people uh, there's a film familiarity with the look and feel of what we do, and nostalgia yeah. plays a big part of that. You know, it's almost like look, we can't we, we can't go back to our childhoods, but uh, if you're like me and you're a collector, I'm going to buy as much of it back as I possibly can. Oh, that no, that's totally why, and that's why I love them because it does. It, it reminds you of browsing that that blockbuster or the local yeah. video store and that's that is the nostalgia for me even you know I, I i wasn't alive for maybe the heyday of it i missed the 80s in the home video but uh, yeah. I got most of the 90s and i mean definitely is is nostalgia that's how this what year did you graduate up. high school what year did you graduate <laughs> 2011 2011 man yeah i'm trying to think maybe the very tail end of the end of blockbuster uh you know, you got you got it right in under the wire. I'd say that, but uh, it was pretty. You know, I, I'm not one to, to. I don't talk about my age, but uh, you know, I'm not. I'm older than you, but I, I will say this: just you know, the '80s and '90s, and just going through the aisles of a video store. There's just mm-hmm. something. Uh, I know if you're younger you're not going to get the same feeling going through a, a Netflix menu as you are yeah. going through the aisle of a video store and just, just pulling that tape off the shelf and discovering it, you know, uh, something new for the first time that you'd never heard of because it had great artwork. And then you take the movie home and it's kind of shitty, but you still enjoyed it. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, I, I sort of, we had a, we had a blockbuster in my hometown. I want to say until 2008, it lasted a while, so it was you know it was yeah, there. Yeah, you got even just... on the tail end. You got a few good years. Yeah, and, you know, I was never I was never a video store snob, and I didn't. I, I like the chains, and I like the independent stores. There was something good about them both. Mm-hmm. The thing I loved about the chains, especially back then, is that you know, when, back in the eighties, you had to reserve the new release. You'd literally call the video store on a Tuesday was new release day, or actually back in the eighties, right. it was Thursday was new release day. And you'd have to call in advance to reserve your movie. And if you didn't get that reservation in, you sometimes waited weeks to see, you know, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels because it was just out all the time. And the thing that I did like that Blockbuster and and Hollywood and and, um, some level West Coast video, the things I like that they they brought copy depth into it. So when that new movie was out that you didn't go see in the theater, you'd go there and it'd be a wall of it. You know, you were pretty much guaranteed to get a copy of it. And uh i like that too yeah no i did um i basically 
I basically got in. VHS was kind of on its way out. DVD was yeah, in, was but I mean, end. I have yeah, I have distinct memories though of going as like even as like a five year old and getting like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles VHS cartoons and Batman the animated series and like that. I mean, that was it. That was childhood. That was you know every every week we were grabbing something new and um, I missed that. I missed that when Blockbuster left for, for video games, for movies, for music. I mean, everything. It just all changed. And the nostalgia is definitely why I collect. Yeah, I think, listen, again, I don't want to sound like, you know, the old man yelling at the cloud, but I, I, I don't know what I was going to say now. Um, I am acting like the old man. Uh, I think <laughs> that that experience, you know, it can't be, can't be replicated. Like I said, you can't. Uh, there's go- there's going to be nothing nostalgic about going through a Netflix menu. Oh, do you, right. do, you, do, do, you do you remember when you know Greenberg was? Uh, remember when the Greenberg was in the comedy section on the Netflix menu? No one's going to say that. <laughs> Although I just said right. it, but but well, I you're mean, the first. Yeah, I was the first. <laughs> but I mean, there's something about there's just something about it, and like. I don't know. Do you collect VHS now or no? Are you a collector? Because I see it's becoming a thing now, and it's funny. I, I, either threw out or or sold off, you know, my VHS. And now, if I'm at a flea market or if I'm at you know a thrift store or a Goodwill, and I see a VHS of a movie from back then, I find myself buying them again. I have. I started stacking them up. My wife's going to kill me. I'm going to start, you know, I'm stacking <laughs> them up now. There's I don't know. There's comfort in nostalgia. And I guess, you know, in the times, you know, how crazy they are now uh, to be surrounded by things. You know, I have a basement full of uh, pop culture. I have the basement I would have had if I was 16 years old. And I'm, it's full mm-hmm. of uh, pop culture and records. And, I, you know, I'm looking at I have an eight track player and a cassette player. And I got, you know, I'm not big on pop figurines, but I got action figures and VHS tapes and, you know, collectibles all over. It's just there's something comforting about being surrounded by things that just, you know, even though I'm older, remind me of my youth. And that's why I take great pride and love in bringing some of these movies back. And they're not all classics, but I also do the acquisitions. And with each film, there's something with every film I've put out, there's something probably about it to me that I hope other people see in it what I see in it. There's always like, I can look at any one of the titles that I've put out and uh, I probably have a story to tell about either the first time I saw it or the first time, you know, I, I came in contact with that film and there's something about like, you know what? I need to put this back out again. And every once in a while, yeah. there's a couple of titles probably I'm like looking at. It. There's a couple, of, there might be one or two titles like DOA. I didn't have any, uh, emotional connection to that. Uh, but at the same time, it's funny. There's two reasons why DOA was number one in the rewind collection. Uh, the first reason was, was MVD uh, music video distributors started as a company distributing music uh, uh, videos and concerts on VHS tapes, hence the MVD. So I thought it'd be kind of cool to put a music based title out first in the rewind collection. But the other reason and you're going to laugh at this was did you ever see the movie Neighbors with John Belushi and Dan Aykroyd? Yeah. Okay. So on the uh, uh, the, the the woman that plays John Belushi's daughter on her bedroom wall is a DOA poster, 
and Neighbors was the first R-rated movie I ever saw in the theater. So there is, I guess there is an emotional connection to that. I saw that, uh, the original artwork, which I was adamant about putting on the front of it. And, you know, there's just, there's each, like I said, each movie has a story to tell. Yeah, no, and that I, that is what I love about the MVD Rewind label, and you know, there's a couple other labels that have been doing it too. But there are, it's it's almost like bringing these movies back to life because so many of them have been, uh, they haven't been forgotten by everybody. But if you don't get them out on Blu-ray, you know, when's the last time they had a proper release? It could have been twenty years. I mean, they've been. You don't want to lose them to time. And that's why I love and, that's, and why I still say like Blu-ray is so important. Like you're not going to get all these movies on 4k. So don't, don't deny buying them just because they're not on 4k. Like it's still Blu-ray. It's still 1080. They still look great. Like you're going to enjoy it. And then you get these movies in HD, which would have been, I, I don't know. It, it feels like it would have been impossible to even do like 10 years ago. Nobody would have done this stuff. Um, there's a lot more boutique stuff coming out now i feel like and it's really had a resurgence which is awesome and that's why i bring some of them back i mean nothing drives me i, I know some some people online and on our social media pages or or in blu-ray.com um i guess i see i i feel bad when i see complaints about oh that was already out already or they're bringing it back but like when i see a title so, say like miami blues and and it, it's like out of print from Shot Factory and the Shot Factory Blu-ray selling for $80, $90. I mean, I feel bad about that. I feel bad that, A, this is a movie that should be out. Uh, and like Vampire's Kiss was another one. It was a double feature. I can't speak for all collectors. I don't I don't mind a double feature if they're like just if they're mediocre movies. But like Vampire's sure. Kiss is good enough to have its own release. So I wanted to bring it back in its own release with, you know, the original artwork, you know, being the only artwork on the cover with some of the titles I've re-released because I think there are collectors that didn't get it the first time around for whatever reason, or maybe they're newer collectors. So, you know, right. a movie, it drives me nuts when I, I, I realize, you know, out of 10,000 movies, there's one I want that's not in my collection. And I go and I have to go to eBay only to find that it's hundreds of dollars. And I, I, you know, that's why I try to bring some of them back if, if at all possible. Yeah, no, it's, it's great because it is, it's like, it becomes prohibitive. I mean, who's people will do it. They spend $90. I've got a whole video about this on YouTube, about how I tell people like, if you want to sell them for $90, go make your money, but don't be the guy buying them for $90. Like, yeah. you know how many movies you can get for $90? I like think the same way, man. I mean, I think yeah. the same way. I, it's why I, uh. I don't go to casinos and gamble and I don't go to strip bars because I think about, wow, all that. I think about all the movies I could spend on the money that would be wasted in those places. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right? So I, I always tell people, you know, just, just wait. If it's a, if it's a good enough movie, if it has enough of a following, it'll get re-released. These yeah. rights get passed. They get passed around. People pick them up and, you know, a label like yours can put them out and, you know, yeah. you'll have a reasonable I- option. Even more so, as a, and this is the collector uh, uh, in me talking, there's nothing more fun than going to a flea market or going to a pawn shop on that out-of-print movie, which you know you could buy on eBay for some ridiculous price, and finding it in a pawn shop for $3. That is mm-hmm. just, like, awesome. I mean, that's yeah. the one thing I'll say that, for me, uh, uh, thrift stores, flea markets, and, and, and pawn shops have taken the place for me for video stores for just finding and discovering stuff. I'll, 
I'll, I'll buy something for 50 cents on a DVD that I've never heard. Like, cause just cause it's, you know, dirt cheap or, or a dollar tree. There's always some interesting <laughs> titles in dollar tree. Um, yep. That I'll try out because you know they're cheap and it's fun and but but finding finding an out of print movie you've been searching for in a pawn shop or or, or a flea market and that's like the greatest feeling ever. Yeah, it's no, that is my my go to place too. Because I mean, I can't. I at a certain point, you have ten thousand movies. I probably got like thirty five hundred. At a certain point, you walk into Best Buy and you have everything that's on the shelf because they just have mainstream stuff for yeah. the most part. And it's like I don't even you go to Best Buy anymore. Right. I don't either. You can't browse those places when you have a collection that's as large as this. So I, I do the same thing. I've gone to Goodwill and found Criterion Blu-ray for $2 oh, and I, you know, I walk out of there. Yeah. The biggest smile on my face. I found Dawn of the Dead on Blu-ray when that was out of print. Before yeah, it's they great. Kinda, I got that for like a buck at a at a Salvation Army or something. And it's, it is cool because like, I guess it's sad that people are dumping collections at these places. But at the same time, if you're a collector, it's awesome to go through yeah. everybody else's stuff because there's so much undiscovered in, in dvd i mean there's tens of thousands of dvds that never are going to make it to blu-ray and you know that's why i don't put down that format either and they're going to go viable. listen they're going to eventually they're going to go out of print there are some companies yeah. i mean listen, it's going we we all know you know digital's the thing and i certainly hope uh, not just because it's my business but just as a collector i certainly hope that there's enough collectors out there that will keep the format like that will keep the format alive and big enough that that studios will continue to release their catalog on disc but at the same time while they are while that's happening now like i try to uh i go out and i support kino lorber and i support like especially like i love the stuff that paramount's doing lately i go out and i support those you know what i mean yeah uh i uh uh, the the Vestron Video Collector Series, which I had a, a, a an an uncredited hand in 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 helping bring to fruition. Um, and if you that look, that one's at, very cool. Yeah, if you look at the uh, packaging for for that, and then you look at the if there's any similarities between the the rewind packaging and that, it's because I, I you know was involved in some level with both. Uh, but that makes I, sense. You know, but I, can, I bought I the other day. That. I was at uh, Walmart and I didn't have Dream a Little Dream on Blu-ray. They had it for twelve ninety-six. I, you know, I said it's cheap enough. I'm going to buy it. I want to support that because yeah. I want yeah. them to keep releasing that. I mean, I I just saw. I think tomorrow, um, Extreme Prejudice comes out. Now I imported that. Mm -hmm. uh, I bought an import of that, but I'm absolutely going to buy uh, the U.S. version because I love the packaging and I and I want to make sure that Lionsgate keeps supporting that brand. Yeah, that is very. It's very cool what you're seeing, even with the the major labels. I guess you know you see the boutique guys are doing really well, and then you see Paramount do like Paramount Presents. Yeah, I like that. Lionsgate doing Vestron. Um, you know, I'd love to see more of that because they are kind of releasing these underappreciated movies sometimes, and ones that haven't had a Blu-ray release after 15 years of the format that you know yeah. could easily be lost. And yeah. I, I try to support them too because it is. It's those are my favorite kind of releases. I can buy, I can buy Spider Man in any given day for you know whatever I five yeah. bucks. I have not bought the new Spider Man yet. And do you do this because you're a collector? So there are movies uh, that I don't buy right away, and I literally wait until Black Friday. I have a Black Friday list already. Like I'm like, you know what? 
I don't need the King's Man yet. I know that's going to be like six ninety nine or seven ninety nine on Black Friday. I'm going to wait to buy. There are some titles I wait to buy. Yeah, no, I do it. I do it every year. I have a a Black Friday, and then my family, my brothers, my parents, since they know that that's what I do, they're like, "Well, you have so many. You have no, to tell us." Amazon wish list have. is the way to go. Do you have an Amazon right. wish list? Yeah, same here. Yeah, um, yep. So I, I, I send that to them and. My brother's always like, man, you have the weirdest movies on this list. Like, I think this last year. <laughs> I think the same thing. He They're bought like, me like, really? Airborne? Yeah. He, I think he got me Orca from Shout Factory. Oh, and he got me great. the Nicolas Cage movie Pig. And he was like, what are these movies you're watching? And I was like, don't don't worry about it. This yeah. is my list. These Orca's are the weird ones. Orca's a Jaws ripoff. And Pig is Nicolas Cage. Which Come I on. love. Nicolas yeah. Cage has his own section in my library. Although my stuff is oh, very he's... organized. I haven't seen his new movie, but I've heard it's. it's I did great. great. Went to I to, yeah. took my son to see it last week. It was it was it's ah. it's a lot of fun. It's a lot. Like that's one I I might not be able to wait till Black Friday because I want to see it again. Yeah, yeah. No, I I do do that though. I have I have the Black Friday list, and then I have like the the I guess the boutique list sort of becomes a Christmas list. I know those probably aren't going to go on sale. So yeah, I they're say, not well, always here's cheaper. A couple of, yeah, here's a couple $15, $20 titles I want. My brothers will pick them up. So that's how I... Uh, yeah, those go on my Amazon wish list. The ones that never really go on sale, you know. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, but... Yep. No, I'm very much the same way. You know, you got to pick and choose. But but those are the, you know, the ones I want to support are those those smaller label releases where I know Spider-Man's going to sell fine if I don't buy it on the first Yeah. Day. But... I'm worried that if I don't buy the Vestron or the MVD or even like the arrow video stuff, are they going to keep doing this? If they don't get the sales up front, it, it could be hard. They don't have the, the backing that a Paramount has or Sony has. So, you know, I, I tend to usually my black Friday list is like major studio, big time releases that I know I'm going to get for five bucks. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, I would say the difference I'd say the one difference between what I do at MVD and I'm not, I don't want to take anything away from any of the other labels and how they approach their business. But the, the sure. one thing that anybody that remotely knows me or follows our social media page and they know I post up there. Sometimes I do live videos is like, I am every bit the collector and fan of this stuff as they are, as you are. Like I just, really really have a passion for it i always look at it like it's like you can rest assured as a collector that somebody like you is doing this and you i do my i try my best to put enough bonus features or or do whatever i can to make it so i make i try to put something out in a way that i would if it was if i didn't make these i would absolutely buy these you know what i mean yeah uh each title there's a lot of TLC that goes into each each one of these uh, releases. Sometimes, you know, I pretty much the reason why I, I'm not always as active on social media or we don't make as our announcements like all of a sudden you'll get a bunch at once and then I'll disappear is because I'm I it's me that does the acquisition. I chase it down and I, I help negotiate the deal. And it's it's me that has to. Uh, to, to help bring on, you know, to uh, have the material sent over and oversee it. And I have to oversee the packaging and the authoring. And like, I literally do everything from the moment it's acquired to the, the you know, to, to the moment it shows up in your hand. You know what I mean? Uh, 
so they take a little longer uh, than yeah. I would like. Uh, I would ask them to, you know, sometimes I'm thinking, well, maybe I'll ask if they could bring somebody on to help out. But un- unless they're going to clone me, I-, I don't know if I trust anybody or if they un- there's details and things that go into these that only a collector would appreciate. I'd be afraid if anybody else was doing it, they might miss those details. Yeah, no. And you, and you can tell, and you can tell when there are releases that have not had somebody with a collector mindset involved. And I, I mean, I've offered it up. I've said to people, cause I talked to people at lots of different places. And I said, look, if you want to talk to somebody like this is, this is your market. This is who you're selling to. Like, don't you want to know? Don't you want to have somebody who is a collector who understands what people want? Because that is probably where this market's headed, right? I mean, it's begin- it's going to become a niche thing for collectors. It is. I mean, uh, you're going to have your mainstream titles like your Spider Mans, but but sure. like, you know, uh, a movie like uh, a movie like Jack Frost. This is a niche. This is a niche collector piece that that uh, only a company like. MVD is going to understand and 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 know that there's a market for it that's going to put the kind of uh, care into a release like this in order to bring it to market. I, I you know, do I think Disney is going to dig deep into their catalog and start releasing their Touchstone or Hollywood Pictures movies? I don't. I really yeah. don't. You know, will the Jerky Boys the movie ever get released on Blu-ray? I I have no faith that it ever will. And you know, I don't yeah. begrudge for for titles like that like if i ever go to a, an autograph show or like a horror show and you know that there's some of the dvd or blu-ray vendors there that sell you know dare i call bootleg discs of movies that aren't out at all i don't begrudge them i used to be like oh that's piracy it's piracy and yeah i get that but at the same time if disney's not going to release that then you know then i guess fine I'm going to buy that thing. Yeah. I'll, I'll certainly support a legit release if it comes out, but you know, I want to own that on disc and the same thing yeah. goes for, you know, there are some of the, you know, my Michael Bay collection is not complete because Netflix made six underground and they didn't put it out on disc. So I can't get that on 4k or blu-ray. And it, I, I, I won't hesitate to buy a bootleg of that if they, you know, if they don't put it out. Yeah, no. And I have, I've been seeing a lot more of that pop up with streaming and with and with shows too like you know people want to own the mandalorian or wandavision on disc and you know they uh, the the people who are selling the bootlegs i mean you're right i am also as like the collector i'm like well there's piracy but then there's also the fact that disney's never going to put that out if that if the mandalorian or wandavision was out on blu-ray I wouldn't buy the bootleg, even if it was cheap right. or whatever. And I would, if I saw somebody sell, I'd be like, dude, that's not cool. But right. you think about it. They're Marvel giving and, us no other option. Yeah. But Marvel and Disney right. have literally, since uh, since Iron Man came out in what, 08, have trained yeah. us and got us uh, in the habit of buying all those releases. So we have the complete Marvel universe on disc. And now all right. of a sudden they're making content for the streamer and not putting it out on disc. It's just like now my Marvel collection's incomplete, you know? Right. Yeah. Same with Star, Star Wars. Wars I mean, I've been incomplete. Yeah. Been buying Star Wars since 1980. And I still, now, now there's Star Wars universe stuff that's canon that I can't have on my shelf. So it's all nice and neat next to each other. And it, do, it blows my mind a little bit. Cause you know, if they put out the Mandalorian 
some some box set with you know with season one and two say i mean that thing even even all the people that streamed it i mean that would sell because star wars is star wars like it it doesn't matter if you have disney plus you're still gonna buy it because you're the star wars fan who wants to complete their star wars collection and there's no physical ownership of the mandalorian it just exists in a cloud somewhere i Um, i applaud uh filmmakers like you know martin scorsese or noah baumbach who make movies for streamers but obviously, obviously, I'm assuming they have in their contracts that they get to yeah. like take them to criteria. In the, in the case of both of those filmmakers, it's Criterion and put yep. physical media versions out uh, on those Netflix films. I'm grateful for that. You know, uh, yeah. I think I, more film. I wish more filmmakers would throw their weight around like that and say, "Look, I'll do your Netflix show." or I'll do your Netflix movie. Like Michael Bay could have easily done that with 600 grand. And I'm sure Criterion who put out both Armageddon and the rock in the past probably would have agreed to put out 600 grand. Yeah, no, I do. I do appreciate that. And I've noticed it, but it's almost like you have to be Scorsese or maybe they don't, I don't know. You know, are, are you big enough to ask for oh, that? Noah Baumbach and my, I know about my get Scorsese Scorsese. That's a whole nother thing. But then like Noah Baumbach, you know he's pretty big, but he's not. Yeah. Uh, he's not Spielberg or Scorsese. Uh, Michael Bay certainly seems big enough that he could throw. He could throw his. I would think so. Yeah. No, it would be good to see, and I do appreciate the the directors, the filmmakers that are doing that. Um, and I've seen it with some. There, I think there's a handful of TV shows that have done that. Um, but it it's it depends though. So there are TV it. shows. Like, I don't know, like Orange is the New Black was made by Lionsgate, but sold to Netflix exclusively, but they can put this out. If if Netflix is the if Netflix makes the show, meaning if if Netflix is the producer of the show, it's unless you have a filmmaker like Scorsese, it's it's not likely that that's going to see the light of day on disc. If it's a show, I'm trying to think of a, a movie or a show that, say, was was made by a studio, but. Uh, premiered on a streamer, that's a little different. Well, that, then you see, then that's you, what like, I was thinking with yeah. uh, Param- Paramount. Paramount, the, the, it's a good example. Without the, ha- from- the Haunting of Hill House and the Bly yes. Manor. Um, God, what's his name? Who did those? Mike Flanagan. Yes. Uh, so yeah, so all that stuff's come it out on. Depends on. It I guess just depends on what it is, you know, and how it was made. Yeah. But you know, I don't. Lo- I mean, I I can say I I do enjoy Adam Sandler movies, but my Adam Sandler collection, even the ones I don't like, I buy because I want a complete collection. And he's made all those movies for Netflix. Not one of them is out on disc. That's disappointing. I know. Yeah, no, it is. And there's there's that whole problem, and then there is the whole problem of who's who's working on those back catalogs at you know I guess, I guess Paramount's doing a good job with yeah, theirs. Paramount's doing a Warner good job. Does, Warner uh, does okay, and Sony does okay, but like. Now you've got Disney scooping up Touchstone, Fox, and all the Disney live yeah. action stuff that's just gone missing. Yeah, all the 20th century. Hurt. That hurts. There's just there's so many movies in the 20th century Fox catalog that are either have never been released on disc or or have gone out of print. Probably aren't going coming back for those who didn't get them the first time around. I mean, when I'm out and about, you know, even if I see uh, something I would normally buy, but especially if I'm at a flea market and it's a buck or two bucks, I'll, I'll pick. If it's cheap, I'll pick it up. Yeah, and that's I've been doing that with a lot of Fox Blu-rays and Touchstone Blu-rays. I've been doing it now with MGM stuff because I don't know what their future is. Well, Haven't yeah, bought up the MGM stuff. I mean, right with MGM, I worked for MGM for almost six years. 
Um, so I know, I know people over there. I have friends over at Kino Lorber. I have friends over at Shout Factory. If you, you know, what MGM's doing is they are licensing their catalog, uh, at least Seems for now, to uh, yeah. to independent labels uh, for that stuff to come out on physical media. You know, with Amazon buying MGM, will that last forever? I don't know. Uh, but you know, if you're into collecting and want to, you know, get the especially you know mgm uh kino lorber digs a little deeper into the mgm catalog if you want to get yeah. those titles like now is the time to buy them the licenses last maybe uh three to five years at the most and if you don't renew or if they tell us they're not going to renew it then they're going to they're going to be going away see that's interesting so is that is that the typical length of time for licenses it depends three to five? it depends when you get it from a studio i mean like we license from mgm but yeah you know three to five usually it's four to five years because oh, people always ask me as if and i don't have an answer but I mean, they technically say, everything's limited you know i don't call them limited editions but you know right everything technically can double impact on mvd rewind is a limited edition because eventually that's going to expire and if amazon uh by the time that does expire with us amazon will, will likely fully own mgm and if amazon decides that you know what we want to we want to uh, uh, put uh, our MGM catalog behind our Amazon Prime paywall. That's it, you know, because Amazon could just MOD those discs. They don't give a shit. Yeah, yeah, I know they do that. With uh, I mean, I've seen that pop up more and more, um, especially for TV shows too. A lot of that's yeah. just MOD. At I this hate point, MOD. But hate it. Yeah, the packaging. I don't like. You know, once in a while, I'll have a disc to either plays wonky or doesn't play freezes up you never I, I just i can't stand mod yeah no i mean you're I, I i won't admit to doing it so i'll say allegedly i may have downloaded some of my shows because they're only available on mod discs and i don't want to deal with it it's easier yeah. to i don't blame to download a is it like it's always sunny in philadelphia is one of my shows and yeah the last I those two, guys i you know i've been buying all those seasons i noticed like the yep. last two we're MOD, MOD. discs. That yeah. annoys me. And they just right, and they don't care. And I've bought, I've bought all of them. I have the DVDs going back to season one that I bought in two thousand and seven when they were just starting out. Like, yeah, love, love their stuff. But it's almost like I don't know how to support you guys at this point because there's nothing for me to to purchase. I mean, I'm not going to buy your MOD discs, and there's nothing for me to buy. I mean, I guess I can buy like a T-shirt or something, but you, you've you've given me no content to purchase to support you. But, so but that's Disney, where you go the route of piracy. That comes back to you know Disney, which you know they're saying, well, look, if you want to watch Sunny in Philadelphia, then you have to subscribe. To, as long as you keep paying that nine ninety nine to Hulu, it'll right. always be there for you. But it's just not the same. It's just no. not the same. I mean, uh, there's just something about not being tethered to the internet in order to watch a film and you know as well as i know and especially with 4k just the there's a different there's a it's slight but there's a difference in the quality of the streaming quality whether it be you know yeah. 1080p or 2160 oh yeah and then i mean still like our <laughs> depending on where you live i mean you the internet infrastructure in a lot of places is still terrible terrible and if you've got a family of four or five and you got kids gaming and someone they're on their phones, it's like, you can't stream a 4k movie. It's just not gonna, it's gonna buffer the whole time. You, you know, you, you're not gonna have a strong enough connection and that'll get better. But 
at the same time, it, there's like you said, I mean, I guess I can pay $9 to Hulu every month and it will always be there. But then I say, will it always be there? Because yeah, it, that's, may, it depends. It, it may disappear. <laughs> no. Well, uh, an example of Netflix for the stuff that they produce. Yeah. That stuff will be there, but yeah. like licensed product, you know, you know, for a while, uh, friends in the office was on Netflix. Now the office is on Peacock and friends is on HBO max. Like, right. You know, uh, I don't know. I, I, I agree so with you. And then if it's catalog titles like MGM or Sony, they're all over the place. Like there's no, right. you know, you don't know where, if you were to ask me right now where Jane's bond is exclusively streaming, I couldn't tell you. Yeah. I don't know. I don't and know. I, that I would be the, tell you. like Jaws is my favorite movie. And if you ask me where that is, I have no, yeah. Clue. I mean, I would assume it's on Peacock because Peacock is owned Universal. by Universal, but that might not be the case, but right. I, I have no idea, <laughs> but owning that on a disc, I don't have to worry. It's, you oh. know, uh, you don't have to worry about it, and which, oh, yeah. it's great. You know, it's in the closet behind me. I know right where it is. <laughs> uh, my son, who's great, he just and he loves. You know, he he loves watching older films or newer films. He's not a you know he's not a snob. He doesn't look at something like oh that's old. A good movie's a good movie. Uh, Love it. Uh, you know, being being that there's no more video stores, it's nice to have you know essentially the same movies you'd find in a video store in my basement, and we can. Uh, We'll set up film festivals and we'll watch all uh, uh, torture porn movies for a week. And then we'll, we'll, we'll do, or sometimes we'll pick, uh, we'll go through a director's, uh, you know, uh, we went through all of Quentin Tarantino's movies in order. We went through all Kevin Smith's movies in order. And it's just really fun. The great thing about physical media, and if you own those titles, it's just really fun to be able to do that. Like if you wanted to watch with streaming all of Kevin Smith's movies, where do you where would you even begin to do that? You know, I guess you'd end oh. up buying them and rent or renting them on iTunes, I don't know, or 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 cable VOD, but you know, and dogma, as we all know, you know, is is gone, you know. And right. I can Good tell you right now, that. we had dogma for a brief time, had to give it back. I'm not gonna get into the details of what happened, but uh I'm hard pressed to believe that that may never i can tell you right now there's a good chance that might never come back not for for a long time it's It's crazy that could change i know that there's some people out there trying to you know save that film i was one of them uh but uh you know that's why when you that's a great example of a movie and the importance of physical media and buying and supporting these titles because there are some movies that are going to go away and they're not coming back yeah, that's that's probably that there were a few that were like that level and I think a few of them have come out and that's sort of the one unicorn left out there that it's I that I them. immediately I immediately think of that when I got in it's such a mess with Was that and well listen there's there, there's several titles owned uh whose name I won't say uh but there's several titles titles owned by the same entity that owns Dogma uh, including Kids by Larry Clark, uh, the Samuel Bronson catalog, uh, and and others that may never be released on any format, let alone physical. Yeah, and it's sad because then they just get. I mean, they're erased. They're, they're gone. Yeah, they're no, gone. I mean, they 
and uh, I guess that's all you who have a Blu-ray copy of Dogma. You're very lucky. I yeah. don't have one myself. So, I see guys on TikTok uh, finding them all. Over. Like I, I love. I have like I you go to my TikTok feed. It's all people buying Blu-rays or in thrift stores yeah. and stuff. It seems like everybody on TikTok's finding them very, rather easily. I'm starting to think that they're bringing their own copy to a thrift store, putting it in there, and like, oh my god, dude, look what I found! I, I believe that that could be the case. It's all for the content, right? All for but, the content. I mean that that's that's the place to look, though. Like you said, I mean you're not gonna find that anywhere. So you got to go to a flea market, or yeah. thrift store, or pawn shop. That that's your only chance, and that's true for too probably too many movies right now that that's yeah, i mean listen if i can something. if i can figure out a way to, to make that happen believe me i i would uh i would it would be out by now um you know when we did oh, the I, believe, deal, I mean when we a... did the deal for fahrenheit 911 uh we were working on the same deal with dogma and as you know fahrenheit we we put out fahrenheit 911 on blu-ray and obviously we didn't do dogma <laughs> so yeah so that's that's where i wonder are there any you know, you you obviously know a lot of people in this industry. Are there any rumblings of Touchstone, Fox, anything getting? No, I don't know. Outsourced? I know not that I know of. No, I mean I would See, kill to. Yeah, I, I mean we don't have any deal with Disney. I I, I know that uh, I can tell you that the the of the Touchstone titles that are available through Kino Lorber, if you haven't bought them yet, I would suggest buying them. Do I think they're going to get renewed? I don't know, but I don't think that they're going to be available forever. Yeah. So, that, and that's I don't the think feeling Disney, I get too. Yeah. I don't think Disney, you know, listen, Disney's going all in on Disney plus and Hulu. And uh, I, I don't think, you know, I don't think Disney's committed to uh, supporting their deep catalog, especially, yep. you know, uh, of, of the touchstone label and the Hollywood uh, pictures lab, uh, label. I, I just don't see it happening. Yeah, no, I mean, they, they won't even release stuff right now that's been finished because yeah. they could have put out Heat on 4K two years ago and it's done. It's sitting there. All they've got to do is put it on a disc. Which one, Heat? Um, yeah. Oh, I mean, it's, the Michael it's complete. Movie? Yeah. Wasn't that Warner? Oh, that did switch over to Fox, didn't it? Yeah. And Fox put out a 4K mastered Blu-ray, and then they were gonna. They announced a 4K. There was a date and everything, right, and when they got right. purchased, they just killed it. And it's sitting there. I mean, it's just waiting for to be released, but uh, they're not going to do it. As far as I've heard, it's just been killed off. And they've done that to a couple I mean, of other listen, movies. The, 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 the holy grail of Blu-ray and 4K is the abyss and true lies. Which right. I'll People say ask this, me about that and I've heard daily. nothing. I don't know anything, but <laughs> with Avatar 2 coming out in December, if there was any time to put those out, especially because yeah. James Cameron's going to be doing a lot of press, this would be the year. Will it? Ha- and I don't know. Like, I don't, I'm not like trying to throw a hint that I know something. I don't know anything. I'm hoping. I'm hoping. Well, that the abyss is, I mean, I know the abyss is done too, but whether yeah, it's we been approved... Know. I, who knows? I don't know. He he's one of those guys that I've heard who gets, and probably rightfully so, gets final say on everything, and it's not going out the door unless he's watched the whole thing and said this is how I want it to look. So where he's making fifteen Avatar sequels or whatever it is, he probably hasn't had the time to do any of that, and that's why they're. That's why I think they're sitting there. But you're right. I mean, now would be the 
now would be the time to capitalize. It on would not be a waste of have. Disney's time or money to put those out. Right. And I think obviously, you know, there's there's elements of True Lies that probably haven't aged incredibly well. Sure. And I don't know if they're sensitive to that or whatever. Uh, you know, but I hope. I mean, you know, that there's that, and I think Red Sonia, which. Dare I mean I don't know if that's Fox or maybe Warner Brothers that owns that, but you know there's another there's two Schwarzenegger titles right there that have never been released uh, on on Blu-ray. Yeah, no, it is. It's in it's incredible when not you start in the to U.S. Talk anyway. Red Sonja has come out in other countries. Yeah, but there's so so many in so many big Schwarzenegger movies. There's Michael Bay movies. There's like and these are not just indie guys who you know made a couple movies and fell off like yeah. these are your biggest names in the industry who can't get their movies on a blu-ray disc and it's crazy but i mean i, I i'm hopeful that disney just I, I don't know what the harm is you know sell that catalog release the rights sell it to somebody like an mvd who can do something great with it i mean i don't yeah. see what the harm is um so so what, i keep preaching it what was so what was the movie that did it for you like you obviously uh, saw a, a movie or something as a kid, uh, you know, whether it was on a, you know, a, a rental at a video store or at the movies, what was the movie that made you like, like made your eyes like burst open? Like, Oh my God, uh, this is, this is for me. It, it's probably Jaws. I watched that way too young. I was maybe six and I was also on Cape Cod, so my grandparents had a house that was 10 minutes from the beach. At the time, there were not great white sharks swimming up and down the coast yeah. of the Cape. It was pretty unknown, but I mean, I, I lived that life in the summer. We'd go there a few times a week, and it didn't phase me. I'd go to the beach and not think about it because I was six, but that is the movie that I watched over and over again at that Cape house on VHS. That's it was great. that, and then it was the original King Kong which so funny. as a kid was just blew me away. Like I, I love, I have those two posters no, around the hallway just, leading it, into my room. It's so weird because um, you literally named the first two movies that I saw the 1976 <laughs> King Kong or the 1933. Uh, I'm 1933. All oh, okay. There's a difference here. Uh, for me, it was Jaws, King Kong, and arguably, you know, I was like, wait a minute. I, that's when I stood up and took notice. And by the time you get to Greece and Close Encounters, I was, uh, I had known at that age that I, whatever I did in my life was going to have something to do with movies. Yeah. Those Close Encounters is a big one for me too. Um, any, I mean, all those Spielberg movies. Um, I, I, any, I mean, so I'll take any of them. He's, yeah, he's my, he's one of the uh, Scorsese. Spielberg, Michael Bay. I mean, these are just like if they make anything, I'm you know I'm going to the movies to see those. I'm going to buy yeah. them on disc. Like it's just you know, no matter what they make, they can't make a bad movie. Yeah, but I, I think I'm a, I guess I'm a Universal guy because I think they have King Kong. Yeah, as they do. Well. I don't. So I, when I was also so we had, I had grandparents at the house in the Cape, but they had a house in Florida. Um, so in the winters I was at universal studios. So it was like, you'd go on the jaws ride, which they've now shut down, which I sucks. Know. Cause that ride was super cool. 
but I'm on that as like a five or six year old, the King Kong thing. So I was just like, I just loved it. I just loved the movies and that, and it was always the old stuff, which is kind of funny. It wasn't, I haven't like, I'm now going back and watching all these movies in the nineties that I should have been watching growing up. Cause I was watching close encounters and ET and jaws and King Kong. And I had all these like old classics that my grandparents had around on VHS and that's what I watched. Yeah, but they're so, good movies and they're timeless. I they're mean, great. Uh, yeah. If it wasn't for the, for the 1976 King Kong, which I saw as a, a very young kid, I wouldn't have sought out the 1933. You know what I mean? Like every movie's a gateway to another movie. Uh, for me, at yeah. least it is. Every movie's a gateway to another movie, especially if it's, a, no, it is. if I discover a new filmmaker, I want to go back and see all that other, if, if I haven't seen them already discover that, you know, I want to see, well, what else have they made? You know? Yeah. Uh, there's just something about, uh, and this lends itself to physical media. There's just something about having a section of yourself on your shelf for a filmmaker and being able to start with movie one and go all the way up to the present. Yeah. I think, uh, John Carpenter's probably my guy for that. Yeah. And, and that's I mean, what, that's what got me into horror when I was maybe nine or 10 and they'd run them on AMC, obviously the TV cuts, but that's when I think my mom, she likes horror movies and she was like, Hey, you should watch this one and yeah. we'll watch the TV cut. You know, it is what it is. I'm nine years old, but that sucked me in. And then I became a horror fan and I dove into everything slasher movie, everything John Carpenter that sold me on that. So yeah, that was very, he's a guy transformative too. diverse and not, you know, in the, in the, uh, you know, uh, why he's got a very wide filmography, which is oh, yeah. great about his stuff too. Uh, yeah. And they're all just awesome. I mean, even you know, the ones that aren't so great, I can I can appreciate. I just and I'm I'm ashamed to admit it. I just recently bought. What was his last film he directed? The Ward. Have you? It's from 2010, uh, I, think so. I think. I just bought it. I have that one. I just bought it. I haven't watched it yet. Um, yeah, I think that was part the last of me. Like, yeah, I'm a little afraid. I, I but you know, listen, even a even a mediocre uh, John Carpenter movie is still a pretty good uh, John Carpenter movie. Well, I can't remember. I don't know if he did the music. As long as he's doing the score for uh, it, you're going to yeah, get something great. out of it. Yeah, I, so I even, saved uh, my. I have my original. I have my original vinyl soundtrack for Halloween and Halloween Three, which I saved. Those are awesome. Yeah, yeah I've had great. to. I've had to rebuy. I've bought the new ones. The re-releases from uh, I think Sacred Bones put them out. Uh, somebody put them out. But I've yeah I've scooped all those. Halloween I, I love three stuff. is a better, as far as a, I guess when experience on vinyl, I'm going to say Halloween three is a better. If I had to sit down and listen, I'd almost rather listen to Halloween three than Halloween. That's a very underrated movie too. Oh come on, of course it is. I, I love I, that I, movie. I heard Blumhouse wants to make a sequel slash reboot, and I'm all for that. I'd say go for it. I, yeah, I, I'd be all for that. I, I think that was, I, I saw that in the movies and loved it back then. Uh, I wasn't disappointed that it, even though I, I knew going in, you know, it was called Halloween, that it wasn't a Mike Myers movie. And right. man, I, I, it just felt like a great Twilight Zone episode. I don't know. It's, it's a really good yeah. movie. No, it's a great concept. And I think if they had stripped if it wasn't attached to Halloween and people had to lump it in with that whole franchise and you just called it season of the witch, I think it would have been one of the best 
it, everyone would say, oh my God, it was one of the best horror I think, movies of the 80s. I, I don't, I th- you know, listen, they could go back in time and do it differently, would they? I don't know. I mean, but I'm glad it exists. Oh yeah, it's it's great. I love it. So I'm I'm all in on all those and all the all the all the '80s horror stuff, which is why I've dove so deep into. I mean, there's a lot of MVD stuff. There's a lot of Arrow Video stuff, which you guys are obviously distributing here in the U.S. And yeah, what's um, what was great about and 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 you probably it's it doesn't apply to to the way what the way things get made today. What was great about the '80s and '80s horror. Is when, you know, the, the back then studios weren't getting their catalogs out fast enough. So, you know, they started churning out these lower budgeted direct-to-video horror movies just to feed the video market. And, yeah. you know, you look back now and a lot of the, there's a lot of movies that maybe it came back even back then where I'm like, oh, this is so stupid. And maybe I didn't have an appreciation for it. And then I'll look at like some of the stuff that Arrow's put out. Excuse me. The, uh, that um, stuff that uh, that didn't get its due the first time around, or or was treated like you know direct to video schlock. That Arrow's just done these amazing releases. You know, worth yeah. every. You know, I don't mind spending twenty seven ninety nine or thirty dollars on on Hell High. I think they just announced or whatever. Because I yeah. mean, like the. Uh, I just remember that being like the kind of movie that had this horrible, cheesy cover on VHS. And now, you know, and now they're giving it the proper release, you know, 35 years later. It's great. It is. No, that's, and that's, I thought I knew horror movies and then I started collecting. I didn't start collecting movies till I think 2013, 14. I came in late. Late to the game. I mean, we we had VHS and DVDs in my house, but I did not have my own collection until I was in college and I started going and picking stuff up. And I was like, okay, no, I don't know anything about horror. There's, I, I've missed ninety nine percent of what's out there, and that's what's so great about these labels. My entry, stuff. like I started collecting. I'm trying to think officially. I started buying the. Uh, there's a format called CED which were yep. like the big discs in the plastic cases you put in the machine. It's so funny. I just found a CED player in a box at a flea market, which is in the trunk of my car. <laughs> I haven't plugged it in yet, and I bought it. I don't need it, but I bought it. Eventually, it'll come out of my car. I'm going to hook it up. Um, but around 1988-ish, I went into a video store, National Video, to rent Rambo 3. Or I, I went in to get my new releases. And mm-hmm. back then it was on a Thursday and it was like fall. I think it was fall of 88. And I became friendly, of course, with the owner of the video store and I paid for my rentals. And then he's like, goes under his counter and he puts two, two or three tapes on there. He's like, Hey, you want to, do you want to take these home and watch? I'm like, what are, you, what are they? I'm like, one of them was a Rambo three screener uh, and two other horror movies. He's like, watch these. Tell me what you think. And and I said, for free? And he's like, sure. So <laughs> he gave me, he lent me these movies for free. And I watched them. I brought them back. I told him, like, uh, what I thought, uh, if he should carry them or not. But I, and I, when I brought them back, I'm like, uh, well, where do, you, where do you get these? He's like, oh, well, the distributors and the studios 
send us these for free in order for us to watch and decide if we want to buy it or not. And I'm like, wait a minute. If you work for the studio, you'll get free <laughs> copies of movies uh, or the distributor. And he's like, yeah. And like a light bulb went off in my head. <laughs> yep. By 1989, I had a job at a video store. By 1990, I was working for Schwartz Brothers Video Distributors. And then like that, the idea of getting free movies is literally because I was spending like all my, I, I would, I would not eat. When I was in high school, I wouldn't eat lunch. I would save my lunch money to go buy used copies of movies at the video store. I mean, that's how crazy it was. Mm -hmm. So the thought of getting free movies was literally what got me into this business. And by it is, um, yeah, one of the best perks of anything that I've done on YouTube. Yeah, the the channel's grown, and okay, yeah, there's some money coming in, and that's all cool, but there's still nothing better than getting something really cool in the mail for free it's, that I get to review. It's the best it's, feeling ever. It's one of the, it's Getting one of the best perks of this. And like you open yeah. it up like a free movies. I mean, it's the best perk of doing this. The best part of my job is I get to comb through and search for movies that I want to buy. Like literally <laughs> there, there are nights where I'm on the internet. It'll be two in the morning and I'm like looking up movies to buy. And I'm like, wait a minute, that's not out on disc. Next thing you know, I'm over at IMDb Pro. I'm making note about who's the producer. Like, you know, who do I contact? And then I start sending emails. Say, greedy. I say, hello, my name's Eric. I work for MVD Entertainment. Is this movie available for licensing? I'm not, I mean, there are several movies that I've picked up. I'm trying to think which ones. I'm looking at my stack here. Uh, like, I don't know, Savannah Smiles, where I tracked down the director, the writer, director, and star of the film. He got back to me and licensed me his movie. And I, that's what I'm that's saying. Awesome. A, a collector, you have a collector here that, that's literally in the driver's seat in regards to like, if there's a movie that's not out on video and I can get to it, especially when I say I can get to it, it's not owned by like Disney. Uh, yeah. You can bet right. that if I can get to it, uh, I'm going to do a nice release and put that out. That's yeah, so. that is. Some, some days when I'm browsing the internet, I wish I had that power because I could, <laughs> I could certainly say, "Wow, this one would really sell well if we put some cool artwork together and got this out there." And why doesn't it have a release? So that is a very cool thing. But as collectors, do. the like we get through social media, I get a lot of requests and stuff. Can you put this out? Sure. Can you put that out. But you have to understand, like. You have to pay attention to the label. So we know that Shot Factory does Sony and Universal stuff. So right. if it's a Sony Universal title that's not out, uh, hit up Kino, hit up Shot Factory, hit up Milk Creek. You know, Arrow's been doing a lot of Universal. Lately yeah, too. pay attention to who's putting the studio stuff out. Uh, you know, with me, you can hit up. I we have a deal with MGM, so you can hit me up with MGM stuff. You know, I. I uh, but like for me, like I would love to have that Jerky Boy. I bring up the Jerky Boys again. I would love to have the Jerky Boys, the movie out on disc. So you know, go to the Disney website, find their customer service, email them, tell them you want it. You know, maybe maybe mm -hmm. if they won't put it out, maybe they'll license it to somebody. Who knows? But you know, yeah. make your voice, uh, make your voice heard. And I love it when I don't mind at all when people send me suggestions. And you know. If I can get to the movies, I'll certainly put them out. Oh, that's that's what I tell people all the time. You know, not, nothing's ever going to happen if we all just sit here quietly and go, oh, yeah. well, 
guess we're never getting that Disney movie. You know, t- tell them because like you, I mean, they're all it takes is one person to see that email and go, "Hey, wait, we could sell that catalog for X amount of dollars. Don't have to do a thing. Just license them over." That's Maybe what MGM. A bad that, idea. That's what MGM does. They're like, look, right. we're we're not in the MGM's no longer in the business of doing their own physical media, and I applaud them for trusting uh, labels like yes. us and Shot Factory and Kino with their valuable movies uh, right. and allowing us to put them out. So yeah, no, that's the biggest thing. That's I just the openness of an MGM or even now Universal and, and Sony and a lot of big players to allow somebody to do that that is what's i love that disney. sony and universal is giving titles to arrow i i do i think yeah. arrow listen i i'm proud of the work that i've done for mvd but i bow down to arrow i mean like no one does it like arrow i mean arrow's the yeah. best in the business and uh i'm proud to uh be associated with them because mvd you know we, we're their north american distribution partner and i'm proud to be associated with them but they are just I can't say enough how I don't need to tell you how great they are. They know they're yeah. <laughs> No, Thank they're, God they're somebody like that favorite. exists, you know? Yeah, exactly. So we, wow. I can't, this is a good conversation. I know. Well, know. listen, we can, we can always, uh, we can always do a part two. I would definitely want to do a part two. Yeah. I did want to ask one thing sure. before, we, before we sign off is sort of you're you're in the business. So I, I do want to ask like how, what do you see as the future? And I compare physical media and movies a lot of times to vinyl and how that's revived. Now, I know you guys have, you know, you've got some of that too, and you see what's going on in music. Um, and I'm just curious, like, where, what, what is the future for physical? Because I have people telling me, and I, and I tell them I don't agree. They're like, oh, it's, it's done. You got a couple years left, Max. And I'm like, I don't, I don't think so. Vinyl was zero. Vinyl was dead and made a comeback this is not a dead industry so how can we be calling it dead before it's you know we're not at zero yeah it's still a billion dollar industry so where's where does it go from here i guess i think i think the physical media and uh will settle down to a number and it will maintain as long as that number maintains that it'll always it'll there'll always be a business for it um what I guess what concerns kind of like what we talked about earlier. What concerns me are those uh, are the are the smaller movies, you know, uh, that, yep. that make it left behind in the bigger studio catalogs. You know, um, sure. I think I think that the the collectors market. I, I I believe the physical media is not going anywhere. I think it's going to become what Laserdisc was in the the eighties and nineties. You know what I mean? There were there yep. were people. Uh, that were willing to pay like fifty dollars $50. $50 for Die Hard on Laserdisc, or you know, or right. even better, which I still have them. Like my box sets for Platoon and Cuckoo's Nest and Aliens and Terminator. I mean, these were hundred, hundred and fifty dollar box sets. That's why when Arrow will put out uh, like some of the suggested retail prices on some of their titles, are they seem kind of high, but I. It, if you've been in the business as long as I have, or been collecting as long as I have, I mean, those prices don't surprise me because that's what, you know, I paid when I had no money, I scrounged together or, or, or put it on credit, which I didn't have the money, which I'm you know, I pulled out a credit <laughs> card, which I didn't have the money to pay the bill. But like literally that Terminator two box set was like $200 box set. This, everything yeah. in that laser box set is on the $6 Blu-ray that you can buy on Amazon. 
But man, mm-hmm. back then it was $200. And if you wanted that, you know, director's cut and all those bonus features, that's what you paid. I think it's going to be like that. I think that uh, it'll continue. There will there will be a continued business on physical media for collector's product. Uh, I'm hoping the titles, you know, will it be bigger, just bigger titles? I don't know. You know, as long as somebody like me is in this business and I can get my hands on some of the more obscure titles, I'll, I'll make sure that they get a, a proper release. And even if I can't, I have one title that I have from MGM, which I'll tell you and people will say, oh, when are you putting it out? So uh, I think Ski School, which is very difficult okay. to have anybody like, so I haven't announced that yet. So yeah, that's your exclusive. Um, hey, I can't like Paul Feig is in the movie. Yep. I cannot, I, I have desperately reached out and tried. It's funny. If you follow my, uh, if you follow my, my Twitter page, you, you've, you'd see a lot of, like, no one follows me on Twitter. You, you can tell by what I'm going to announce by my publicly reaching out to Paul Feig on my Twitter <laughs> feed saying, Hey, Will you do a will Will you do a, an interview for Ski School? I, I've I've you know uh, even a title like that you know the, it's funny that would have been out already. I'm trying desperately to do bonus features. I'm not I'm not getting any luck. Either everyone's dead or there are guys like Paul Feig who are just not interested. And I get like I'll ask you like if I do a rewind of a title like Ski School and all it has is a trailer. But I price it at fifteen or twenty at the most. If I price it at twenty dollars, you'll be able to buy it on Amazon for twelve bucks or ten bucks. Yeah. I mean, that I, I I'm just afraid. Like people, are like what? No features? Like I, I, there are titles. I have a long list of titles I'm working on, and the problem is, is I'm trying to get the, the either existing features that might exist if it was a previous release, or make new features. And you know, uh, depending on the age of the movie, that's not it's not easy. The other challenge yeah. I'll tell you with MGM is when you do a commentary or do a new interview, uh, and I'm and I don't begrudge M- MGM for this. You know, their legal team has to look at it. They have to make like it's a little more sure. difficult when you're working with a studio when you make bonus features. It can be more challenging sometimes. Uh, yeah. So, you know, I don't know. I think it's going to be a collector's market. I'm just talking my ass off here. So. No, no, I think that that's where I'm with you. It is. It's going to be a collector's market. And, um, you know, and, and you know what, though? If you have to release a movie and you can't get special features for it, but it's something like that that's never had a good. It's never been release. released on physical media at all. If it's 12 or 13, I mean, people will buy it. Make it cheap. People that, will buy that's it. what I try yeah. to. Like, even when I did, like, like uh, the, the the Nemesis triple feature, they have very. I think maybe each one has one. Inter- There's a short interview with 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 the director Albert Pune, if I'm saying his name right. And like I literally, this has like a. You can buy this on Amazon for fifteen bucks or fourteen dollars, but it's a triple feature. I didn't want to mix these movies in with yeah. Nemesis one because I, I, I think Nemesis one deserved its own release. Um, but what I try to do is if I don't have a lot of features or here's another one, this one doesn't, um, uh, uh, this double feature did not have a lot of features on it, but I priced it. I I priced it lower. So, you know, I don't want people to think that we're ignoring. I don't want people to think that I would, I would regularly put out a film that didn't have features, but yeah, no, but I mean, it's gotta be tough for more obscure stuff. And like you said, I mean, 
people got to be alive first of all <laughs> and then you know people have to be willing to you know come on and talk and it's tough it's tough I, I know it's a lot of work that goes into it which is why i, I hope collectors everyone who's listening to this i know i will like we're just going to keep supporting this stuff because it is just great for somebody to take good care of a movie that deserves it whether yeah. it's the best movie in the world or not you know people have connections to these movies and it is it's important i mean there's something i mean like when i put um when i picked i mean the reason why i picked dirty laundry it's not that i don't love the listen it's not my favorite movie but this is one of those titles that literally was just anytime i went into a video store as a kid it was just sitting on the shelf and it looked like police academy right. and i'm like when <laughs> when it when it became available uh I was like, you know what? I will put that out, you know, and it sold. Okay. Yeah. Not great. I wish more people would buy it. It's a dumb movie, but it's, the, it's a good kind of dumb, but well, I don't know. I'll say we're going to, we're going to put some links down here on this podcast and you've got the collectors listening to this one. Cause I assume that's what 98% of my listeners and watchers are their fellow collectors. So, Go check it out. You got mvdshop.com, right? That's where yeah, I usually that's go for stuff. You can, you can shop. MVD shop is good for when we have sales. Uh, when they're yeah. no, when we're, we're not having like a direct to consumer sale, the prices are, uh, I'm leaning down here. I dropped something. When, when we're not having um, a direct to consumer sale, the prices are are, are are a little higher, but, but be on the lookout, you know, always go to, Always be on the lookout for when we have a sale because usually I Definitely. oversee a lot of those and I make sure that uh, I'm urging our our label partners to be aggressive with the pricing because I want our customers and collectors to be able to pick some stuff up at cheap prices and I usually oh, yeah. press them hard for good pricing. That's where I've scooped up a lot of mine is the MVD shop sale. So I'll put a link there and people can – I assume there's like probably an email list or something people can sign up yeah, for. Yeah, I think so, so on, the, on the website – and then, of course, you can yeah. uh, the MVD Rewind Collection. You can follow us on uh, Facebook. Yep. If you want to follow me on Twitter, uh, it's Indie Producer, I-N-D-E-E Producer. And that's also my name okay. on TikTok. I'm going to start doing more uh, Blu-ray and Collector stuff on TikTok. I did a few of them, but I, I just don't have the time because I'm old and uh, – <laughs> It's but, a commitment, but the market's there. I mean, I've got I've got sixty thousand followers on TikTok now. So and watch it's the there. and get the violence movie. Watch it if you haven't bought this yet. It's dirt cheap on Amazon on DVD. It has the violence movie and the violence movie too. Sweet, so love it. Yeah. So yeah, I'll put all those links. People go support. He's yeah, doing good support. work over here, and he's doing a lot of it by himself. So go support that. And guy. if you had to, and it, stuff. I'll let me plug this. If you had to watch anything that I've written and or produced, I would highly recommend The Man from Earth. Is just yep. a really good science fiction drama. And here's a, this one doesn't get a lot of love. Uh, Mischief Night. I co-wrote okay. and produced this movie. I'm really proud of it. You know, it's uh, Mischief Night's the night before Halloween. It's a little derivative. It's a home invasion thriller, but it's, I don't know. I love it. I'm super proud of that movie. And I would be honored if you, you or your, you watch it or any of your followers watch it. Definitely. 
Yeah. So we'll uh, we'll link everything. We'll make sure we support. And I, I appreciate the time because I know we I think I pitched you 45 minutes and we're at an hour. 15 uh, dude, you now, get me so. talking about movies, man. I'll talk. Forever. <laughs> hey, that's my problem, too. I always say 45 and then I'm like, I got to be respectful. Of I don't mind. Time, no, you're I, totally respectful. I could go. F- I could go for three hours. I, I so could. Uh, I. So, yeah, I mean, I just. I, I love it's not just talking about them. I just, I'm so into collecting and there's, I'm just, I have no problem sitting, you know, uh, and having long conversations about collecting, you know, uh, and I'll go, you know, it's like, I don't even think we had an agenda. We just start talking and then like, boom, it just happens. That's the beauty of it. It is. Yeah. You, if you get, if you get two people together who appreciate movies and especially we're both collectors, I mean, that's, that's what this is. That's what I want to do in this podcast, just have conversations and, Things will come up as we go. I didn't want to. I'm not. You know, I, I said like I'm not Barbara Walters. I can't structure an interview, so we're just going to talk. Yeah, it's we're just what gonna a have podcast a is for. Just two geeks yeah. talking about collecting movies, man. Absolutely. So I, I I appreciate it. Check all those links in the description, guys. Go support MVD and everything they're doing, and go support Eric and his movies as well. So thank we'll, you. We'll link everything, and yeah, I appreciate it. We'll have to do a a we'll part do, two. We'll at some absolutely point do a part sure. two. It's a lot of fun. Awesome. Well, appreciate it. Um, and I'll uh, close out the interview and I'll talk to the talk to everybody in one second with our outro. Cool. So thanks for coming on, Eric. Thanks for having me. Take care. All right, everyone. So I hope you enjoyed that interview with Eric. Like I said, he is just he, he's so knowledgeable. He has so much information. Um, I got some really good insights there myself while talking to him about how the rights are being passed around with MGM and Amazon with Disney and Fox and touchstone and, you know, sort of which studios have rights to certain boutique Blu-ray labels and how he goes and gets rights and, you know, discovers new movies or reaches out to people through IMDB. Like it's a really interesting process and he's, he's doing the vast majority of it himself. So it's, it's really impressive. And you know, what he's doing for home entertainment and physical media is really, really cool. So make sure you go support him. I'll put all the links to MVD's stuff. I'll put the links to his videos. Um, and I do just want to clarify one thing because after we talked, uh, Eric realized he actually made a slight mistake in his little exclusive announcement. There's a movie called ski school that came out in 1990, but there's also a movie called ski patrol Ski Patrol is actually what's being released um, on the MVD label soon. So it's not Ski School, like he said, he mixed them up. It's Ski Patrol, and that's a Films at Home exclusive. So nobody knows about that one yet. You guys are the first ones to find out that Ski Patrol is coming to Blu-ray. So I appreciate him giving us the little scoop on that. And I just really appreciate him taking the hour to talk just movies and everything. This guy is, is definitely one of the most knowledgeable people i've met in this industry and about movies as a whole especially some of the obscure you know vhs releases that have been out there that um you know a lot of people don't know about this guy has a a catalog in his head of movies and it's insane so i'll definitely have him back for more if you guys enjoyed that and uh hopefully you did so if you're watching on youtube make sure you're subscribed here make sure you're following along have your notifications on like this video so others will see it. And if you're on the audio version and listening along, well, make sure you give us a quick five-star rating and follow the podcast on whatever platform you use, Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, whatever you're on. Give us a quick little rating. It helps us raise up those uh, podcast charts and hopefully crack the top 100 for TV and film. So I appreciate all the support. It's been awesome having you guys all watching and listening to this and uh, many more great guests to come. Uh, in fact, next week, 
I'm actually talking to Matt Patterson, who used to work at Warner Archive before they sort of closed their doors. Um, and he has a ton of experience in the home entertainment and movie industry as well. We're going to talk Warner Archive, physical media, what the future is for these things, you know, behind the scenes at Warner. It's going to be a really cool interview. So make sure you're you're following along for that one. Make sure you follow us on social media. All those links will be in the, the video description and the audio description. And uh, other than that, have a great rest of your day. Stay safe, stay healthy out there, and I will talk to you all soon.